0: Hey A1 fans, Andy here. We're going to Cisco Live and we can't wait to see you there. If we see you wearing an A1 or Cables to Cloud shirt at Cisco Live, we'll enter you in our giveaway that includes a bunch of cool prizes like an A1 branded Yeti cup and an OCG of your choice from our friends at Cisco Press. Don't have a shirt? No problem. Head to the link in our bio and grab yours today. See you soon.
1: This is the Art of Network Engineering podcast. In this podcast, we'll explore tools,
0: technologies, and talented people. We aim to bring you information that will expand your skill
1: sets and toolbox and share the stories of fellow network engineers.
0: Oh, Detective, I'm glad you're here. Sure thing, Chief. What do you got? Well, this is something we've never seen before. We've definitely come across nests of cable before, but nothing quite like this. These cables, they have no copper in them. I'm talking zero pairs here. They appear to operate with some sort of laser shot through them or something, but we're not really sure. A laser, huh? That's what I said. Have you ever seen anything like this? Indeed I have. in Chief, as far as this investigation goes, you could say that we just shined a light on it.
2: Welcome to the Art of Network Engineering. I am Lexi, a.k.a. Track at Pacer, and I'm joined by Mr. Tim Bertino. How are you doing, Tim? I'm doing well,
0: Lexi. What's up with you?
2: Not a whole lot. Uh, what did I say last time we recorded this? Um, <laughs> <laughs> this may or may not be our third or fourth time trying to record this specific episode. So, you know...
0: But we, we believe so much in the content and what's going to be shared here that we just
1: keep yep. trying.
2: We, we desperately want this uh, the content of this episode to be released successfully. I don't um, take
1: it personally. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I had a decent day today, did some troubleshooting in the lab, can't talk much about it as per usual, but it was good and fun and I learned a lot, something rocket adjacent, I guess um <laughs> what have you been up
0: to <laughs> any day in the lab is a good oh, yeah, day for
2: sure lots of hands hands-on work what about you tim how was your day what you been up to
0: pretty good um delving more into many things software defined um oh. specifically on the on the cisco side with software defined access really getting into that software defined campus kind of thing with uh lisp and vxlan and and all that fun stuff it's been it's been really good. It's definitely uh definitely a different way to manage networks than a lot of us are used to. And and as we all know, change can be hard for, <laughs> for sure. For some more than others. So it's it's been fun.
2: Lisp is fascinating. I haven't gotten around to studying VXLAN in much detail yet, but Lisp I had to learn for I think the Encore test, maybe. And yeah. that was very interesting. I hadn't uh Encountered anything quite like it before? So
0: yeah, and I'm not. I'm not trying to be an expert by any means. I'm just trying to know enough about those to be able to somewhat troubleshoot if I have to. Because that's the whole thing with Cisco's sd access is they use DNA Center to really um, abstract all that away. So you don't you don't actually do any of the configuration of Lisp and VXLAN. It's all done for you, but just me being me, I I want to make sure that if I need to figure out why something isn't working, I, I can at least point myself in the right direction quickly. Good
2: CLI. <laughs> cool. Yeah, there That's you go. That's awesome, Tim. Well, um, today we are joined by a special guest. We have Ian Geddes here today with us. How are you doing, Ian?
1: I'm good. Thank you.
2: Uh Ian, Try you're a in. you're a technical uh leader at IBM, is that right? <laughs> he yeah, nods we'll his head. That. Yeah, we'll <laughs> go with that. Okay.
1: <laughs> that's that's committed, <commercial>,
2: right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ian's a network engineer at IBM on their hybrid cloud platform, and he happens to be a former coworker of mine. So I'm very excited to have Ian on today. And our subject is Optical Networking 101. So we're we're trying to cover the basics of optical networking. Not super super in depth, but we want to kind of start with you, Ian, on like what what is optical networking? What are we talking about when we say that?
1: Right. Well, it's kind of like asking what's networking, right? Um, It's a lot of things to a lot of people, and it it just depends on where you want to start out, right? So. It's everything from, you know, a, a fiber optic patch cable inside the data center right the way through, you know, connecting um, countries together across submarine systems and and all of that excitement. Um, yeah. So, I mean, obviously the intent here really, we're starting with the basics. So the focus is really just the data center. Um, we, we don't want to go too wild, obviously. Cause we don't want to go sub- Putting people submarine? to sleep is not the point. Is plan. that true? <laughs> It's um, it's interesting, right? When you start peeling back the layers of of what it actually means to to have a a, a a signal being able to transmit across an ocean, it becomes insane because obviously you don't have the ability to plug in anything in between. You've got you know six, seven, eight thousand miles between where you put the signal in and the very next place it hits Earth. Yeah, yeah, that's so, wild
2: to me that we can do that. I know it's been a thing for decades yeah. now, but it is it is wild how far we. And it, it's
1: becoming stretch. more and more insane. I mean, that's the reality. It's um, you know the the amount of data you can get into these systems is is just ridiculous. Uh, it, it's it's unbelievable. Even the changes over the last few years, but again, that's not now. Right. Yeah, let's there's start. A whole, let's, <laughs> there's a whole new other world of pain before you get to that.
2: <laughs> yeah, let's start with the very beginning, at the very very basic level. We, I think, we know that fiber fiber net network. Wait, sorry, optical networking. There we go. I got it. Has to do with fiber optic cables. Is that right?
1: Yeah. Um, okay. Really exciting stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about um, it. <laughs> <and> <laughs> tell you about it. It's it's exciting. <laughs> I mean just starting at the very beginning the the fiber, the, the cable here's um, one I made earlier, nothing amazing to it. Right. It's, it's a piece of glass basically that's been just stretched. So it's really, really thin and it's a waveguide, right? The whole point is to be able to guide the light in the, the direction that you want it to head into. Yeah. That's, that's all it's there for. Now the same as, as a, a radio antenna is used to, 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 project a signal in the, you know, in the direction that you want it to. And a receiver on the other end is also directional to pull it out. The the fiber obviously is physical end to end, um, but, but it's, I mean, that's the excitement of it. So kind of, you know, just starting at the very beginning, one of the reasons that we're doing this was just because the CCNA covers kind of what is fiber, right? It, it comes up a little bit in Encore, but the reality is that for most people, it's just a, a, li- a line on a piece of paper, right? We don't think about it too no, much. We connect weird. things together with a cable somehow. And whether it's fiber or copper or whatever, it doesn't really matter all that much. Okay. Now, obviously, you know, when you start having to do it, it kind of seems a bit magical in a way. But the reality is it, it, is, just, it is just kind of either another cable or it's something that's really fragile and scary because it's glass. yeah. So depending on kind of your introduction to it, shapes in kind of a big way how you perceive it, right? And the reality is it's neither. We'll we'll get to that in a bit, but it, it isn't just another cable. There are things that you can't do with a fiber that you can do with a copper cable, right? And similarly, it's not this fragile thing. It it really is quite a quite a robust cable, but you've got to be a little bit careful. Yeah, at the end of the day, it is glass, right? But it it's not like a glass. It's not something that if you drop it, it's going to shatter into a thousand pieces.
2: I feel like that's one maybe myth or difference that some people think about fiber optic. Cable. Yeah, um,
1: yeah. There's a bunch of kind of strange ideas that grow up around it right? Um, because again, it depends on your exposure, but because it's something that no one, that people generally don't think about because CCNA doesn't really touch it. Yeah. They, they go into great detail about the cables and the, the, the out of the copper cables and an awful lot of people get to create their own ethernet cables, right? Whether, you know, by accident, um, you know, they just find themselves having to, or, you know, it's, <laughs> something that's done in a classroom once and they never want to do it again, or because they're trying to create the world's most perfect patch panel. You know, whatever the, somewhere in between, probably for most people, that there's a reason that they're out on site at three o'clock in the morning and there just isn't that perfect length of cable. So they've got to, you know, kind of trial by fire, if nothing else, watch a YouTube video. I can do that. I've got the tools. I can squeeze it. You know, um, a crimping tool, whatever it might be, you can do that with cable, with a copper cable, right? You can't do that with fiber. It it requires um, expensive equipment to, to splice, is what it's called in a a fiber world, because you're you're literally fusing two pieces of glass together, and it's so small that you can't do it by by eyesight, right? It's it's a machine. You stick it inside a machine, press a button, it does the lining up and you know magically tells you it's done so you don't really know that much more even when you're doing it for yourself than you know than you do at the outset but yeah so that's kind of the excitement i'm just trying to think it's yeah um the reason for fiber there's a a bunch of them um the main reasons really are things like you know it'll go further right with copper cables obviously the You know, you've got limitations within the data center of how far you can actually get to, Um, you know, somewhere about, you know, 300 meters. It's kind of the maximum that you're going to get with a copper cable. And again, depending on what kind of speeds, because what the way that the copper cable works is that you're you're transmitting on multiple pairs at the same time. And and between those pairs, you get noise injected. Right, so the, the greater the distance, the more the impact of that noise. Crosstalk is, is what it's called. Um and any external noise as well gets picked up by the cable. So the the faster you're transmitting, the more noise that's been getting generated, and so the shorter distances you can reach. Yeah, so you buy more expensive cable, so you can go further with higher speeds, um, because there's more shielding, the way that it's twisted together, all that exciting stuff. But you're still limited, really, to, you know, to you know, modern cables at, at 10 gig plus or really kind of 100, 150 meters is is kind of pushing the edge. But, yeah, with fiber, 300 meters is kind of the starting point, right? We, we can do 300 meters with our eyes closed and a cheap cable. Okay. You can push a signal, um, you know, just with standard optics that you just buy and insert into the... The router you can push a, a signal for you know 60 kilometers
2: let's talk more about the differences between i guess what what maybe coming out of ccna or more beginner courses we're used to with like copper ethernet you know cables versus fiber optics right can we touch more on that so you mentioned you know fiber can go send a signal further than copper what What else? What other like basic differences are there between the two types of media?
1: I mean, the the main difference really is is that the distance, right? We've got the the other thing is because it is just a a small thing of glass. The the bulk of the cable is is a lot smaller, so you can easily kind of carry, and, and you know, service providers do. They'll carry lots of fiber in in one. Tube, um, You know, so one what looks like one cable could actually have like 70 pairs of cables in it. And we have that inside the data centers as well. It's a nice, easy way of connecting patch panels together, for example. Right? You just run one physical cable that's not that much bigger than an Ethernet cable. And in there, you could have, you know, 20, 30 fibers all together, and it all just runs together. It's all nice and simple. And we can break that out with these weird connectors and all the rest of it, and it's it, it plugs in and it all just works, right? It, it's magical. I don't like using those terms, but magical? that's that's how it's sold. you're, here, you're here, here to demystify
2: for us. So how does how yeah I how
1: know. i right? start somewhere. I've got to build it up, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. So, so our our um, can we since we're talking similarities and differences, let, let's talk about some of the. Um, some of maybe the, for lack of a better term, bad things um, that copper is susceptible to, do, do the same things apply to fiber? Like I know one of the things, you know, I was always told coming up was with copper cable, you know, you want to keep your, your copper cable away from the power cables because there could be yeah. that interference there. What Do we have similar things on the optical side with fiber? So,
1: So no, because it's light, it's not susceptible to any electrical noise, right? So with the power um, power cables, for example, it's kind of a bit of a misnomer, excuse me, uh, kind of a bit of a misnomer because the way that the cable's created, the way that the uh, the different copper wires inside the cable are run, they wrap around each other, right? And so the whole point of them them wrapping around is that when you have something like a, a power supply, next to it, you know, AC cables or whatever it might be, the the signal that's been emitted from those that's that's kind of influencing our um, Ethernet cable is is impacting kind of both strands of that together and it kind of cancels itself out. Right. So there, there is oh, okay. shielding in there. There is, you know, it it the, the susceptibility to electrical noise is minimized. And that's why you know the the more expensive cables, like the you know Cat six versus Cat five. There's more wrapping. The you know the twists are, are more dense, and so as a result, you don't have that same problem with noise because it you know it, it cancels out. But again, the fiber doesn't have any of that problem. So when you're running somewhere else, somewhere like a you know like um. Where there's lots of electrical noise like uh you know generators or motors or you know a lift or something like that, if you're running a cable through a building you're you're subject to a lot more noise in there um you know even things like um overhead lights can can give quite a lot of noise and and the cables will pick it up there's no question right it the, the, the it'll cancel, but that's what limits the distance you can. You can take your signal. With optical, you don't have that at all. Um and why is that? Because it's light. So oh. so the, the electrical signals don't really have any impact. So I try again. <laughs> they don't have any impact because there's there's no copper in this cable, right? There's nothing to pick up that electrical emission from okay. the power source.
2: So we've danced around this. Yeah, so Sorry, we've danced around this a little bit, yeah. but I don't think we've actually explicitly said it. How is data being carried over optical fiber versus, like we know that, you know, copper cable, it's electrical signals, but...
1: Yeah. So if you, at it's very simplest, if you just think about sticking a light bulb on the end of that that thing that's generating that electrical signal, Right, so you've got a f- flashlight, right? Um, and as it flips on and off, magic, right? There's your optical communication. So
2: it's light so, instead you know, of electricity. It's light, yeah, absolutely. So there's light running yeah. over glass is an optical fiber, basically, right?
1: Yeah. Okay. that's in okay. its simplest form, right? And as a you know, as a child or whatever, we would have been playing with flashlights and, you know, communicating, I'm going to flash this twice and it means something, three times and it means something else, you know, whatever it might be. Um, Morse code, right, would be another example of where you use like a flashlight, you know, dot, 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 dash, dash, dash. The the length of the pulses is sending the message, right? But it doesn't necessarily rep- have to represent anything. Yeah, it's just a sequence that you can recognize to mean that that's what it means okay with when we're talking about ethernet or something like that it's not about dots and dashes it it literally is about the 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 light being on or off and so if you think about um you know just kind of dividing up you know counting basically so if you count seconds and so you're looking at whether the light is on at second 1 Second two is it on or off? Right. Second three on or off? Four on or off? So you're you're counting the spaces. So maybe to to try and help this, um, I have got some slides, but it it's not the intent here is obviously not to to make this a death by PowerPoint. It's just because some of these things are kind of hard to explain, and now I've got my image inside an image. So this is you know a clue to who I am, a clueless. Right. Um, um, <laughs> there's the light, right? So it's it's this idea, right? We divide time up and at okay. at certain moments in time, that that <laughs> see? I should not be allowed to drive PowerPoint. Um so at certain moments of time, the light is either gonna be on or off. Right? There's nothing more complex than that. And so you know you're just going to read it just the same as you do bits on a wire. So on, I take right, so one, it is a one one zero one and off zero zero. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Now, obviously, when you think about what's actually involved in getting this to work, you start realizing very quickly that this thing's enormous, incredibly fast. Right. Even you know a simple hundred megabit per second interface, if you're detecting. A hundred million bit positions every second that's that's very short periods of time yeah but it's it's exactly the same as with a copper interface yeah you again like I said you're just reading ones and zeros nothing more exciting nothing more than that um yeah so the the point of these two arrows that that are on here so in the the, the sixth position and the uh whatever it is ninth is uh, tenth, it is just the the encoding techniques that's that's used. It, uh, there's not much point in worrying about it. Again, it's exactly the same as with Ethernet. That those bits are used as a checksum for the pieces that go either side. So we know. Sorry, they're not a checksum at all. I'll get it right one day. They they're used to make sure that that we're synchronized. Right, we we we're reading these things so so fast. We've got to have some things that we know we're going to have a state change from a zero to a one or one to zero. And that's what they are. Because otherwise, if everything's on all the time, if you just try counting, you know, again, if you work with a clock, right, and you're counting seconds, you'll be right for the first 10, 15, 20 seconds, maybe. But over time, it's going to drift. And so at some point, you're going to be off by a count or two. And if you're off by one or two here, then your your message is now not coming through anymore, right? That where you're supposed to be reading this one, you're reading this one, and so you know we if we're off by one, it it becomes that you know all data is gone. So
2: you're talking so about that's, clocking that's information bits. that's sent yeah. via e- with Ethernet, right? So we're
1: we're running. It, it's with Ethernet as well, right? Okay. It it was just while I was looking at this, it was kind of cool because I'd never thought about it, right? L- literally, the idea of trying to read the you know the the, the state of a light or a, 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 even a bit at that frequency is it, something we can't even begin to understand, right? And and obviously, you take it up from a hundred megabit. No one uses hundred megabits anymore. Ten as gigabits. Or Ten. <laughs> <laughs>
2: But <laughs> well, you're joke. on a rocket In I fairness joke. you don't need
1: anything You know you're not doing You're not downloading you cat videos right? You don't
2: know what I'm doing on a rocket I, haven't <laughs> well, I don't know anything.
1: what you're doing But I'm saying <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm saying that in general That's probably not a priority for the space station <laughs> sure. For sure, the rocket right now, maybe. Okay so They're not going to be looking at cat videos while they're flying
2: uh, Says you <laughs>
1: Hopefully Hopefully.
2: No, uh, okay, so we have so Ethernet can run over fiber just as well as it can run over copper cable, right?
1: It it's Ethernet, right? The the difference, like I said, is little more than you've got a light bulb attached to the yeah. end. I think now, a lot of a lot of like
2: people newer to networking might because I, I know this because I fell into the trap when I was learning early on. Oh, yeah. We we think of the actual copper cable. We call it an Ethernet cable, right? And so we start to think of that cable yeah. as like ethernet is the cable right it's the physical medium rather than a protocol that just runs on that physical medium and so sometimes i think when when your mind expands a bit into okay there's actually like optical fiber that we use and ethernet runs over it you kind of get jolted out of that like oh wait ethernet is a protocol right yeah. it's not You know, fiber optics are not like Ethernet cable as we know them, so it gets a little confusing. But it's it's good to know, like optical fiber carries the Ethernet protocol. You can run it over, you know, that medium just as well as copper.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm so I'm so glad you highlighted that because I think it's easy to fall in that trap where copper and Ethernet are synonymous. And and again, it's Ethernet is the protocol that can run over copper or fiber mediums yeah really glad you called that out
1: so yeah i mean the the most one of the most basic things to and it it kind of blows your mind because again you don't necessarily think about it it's just that the idea that light isn't just light right so there's a color to it right so so here's a again it's a fairly common science experiment that's done in school to to you know, to excite young kids, but we see it in rainbows. We see it in, you know, any time water's passing through a raindrop. Right? There's nothing amazing about it. We have this white light, and it splits out. It. Um, um, <laughs> trying to think of the technical term now. Um, oh, uh, oh is it goodness. what we use? I'm sorry is it is it refraction? It's refraction that's causing the the, the colors okay. to split out. Absolutely, and what this means is that we've actually got multiple colors inside that white light. Okay. This is something we'll come back to later on, but it's, again, it's the idea that we can have something that's sending light as this red. Okay. And we can have something that's sending light as this green or this purple. Yeah. Whatever it might be. And we can do it all at once if we want to, right. We can, we can send those, pass it into kind of a reverse prism and, and get spit the white light out. And at the other end, it can break the signal back out again. Yeah. That, that diffraction, um, um, diffraction, um, will will spread it out in exactly the same way at the other side. And we'll be able to pick up on that. The, the reason for mentioning this will, like I said, we'll, we'll come to it in a bit, but it, it's kind of an important concept to think about that when we're talking about, um, light, we're actually talking about numbers. Um, So here's kind of an example. This is, um, I'm showing kind of a picture of the electromagnetic spectrum and where visible light fits in it, right? So there's a very small band in the middle. For anyone who's just listening to this, don't worry about it. There's nothing exciting. Again, it's just showing where the rainbow fits inside all um, wavelengths, all of the electromagnetic spectrum, right, which goes all the way through from from radio waves to x rays and gamma rays, um, the stuff we're working with is is just outside the visible light spectrum right we, we we kind of take from from this point just to the edge of visible light okay so while while we're showing the idea that you've got all of the colors of the rainbow in that visible light space, you can see that they've got numbers associated with them, right, so this shade of red is 700 nanometers. Yeah, this shade of red here is uh, 720. Yeah, down here, we're looking at this blue, that's 420, 40, 60, 480-ish. Yeah, it doesn't matter. The the stuff we're talking about is slightly further up in the spectrum, but this is a good kind of reference, a a good easy way to think about things, right? We're going to give... The light that we're using a number, so that it's got its own unique space when we join it all up together, or you know, just send it in as light to pass across the fiber. Okay, does that confuse anything? I know it's kind of a a bit of a weird thought. No,
2: that's but pretty you'll clear. You'll see where it comes in, in a yeah. bit. yeah, it's really interesting. Okay. So we're cool. so we're not talking about the, I guess refraction of light. It's all different colors inside of our fiber cable. It's the opposite, but these colors come in to play at some
1: point. Still, I don't want to get the joining of the, yeah, no, it's all good. Right. It's, um, yeah, yeah, it's probably a few more sl- Yeah, don't let me, don't let me derail. it actually starts yeah. talking. So, so, but, but no, the, again, the idea is that we have all of these colors available to us, right? It, um. When, when we're seeing it from a rainbow, obviously the sun is a random noise generator, right? So there's not actually any signal inside there for us to make sense of. Yeah, we, we, we can't take that that red color at 700 and try and make sense of, you know, is that a one or a zero? Is it on or off at this particular moment in time? Because it it's meaningless. But we can do something like that, right? We can have a laser that's transmitting, um, kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but 850 nanometers is a multimode laser, right? Um, so that literally just falls outside of, the, of that, that visible light. Spectrum, and if you look kind of carefully in a dark data center on a dark night when you know the moon's hidden by clouds and all the rest of it, you can actually see that that red spot. Yeah, it's not that it's invisible. It's not dangerous. It's not going to kill you or anything like that. You can see that red dot um, that that's the laser that's sending the the data. Now, obviously, you can't see it flash. Um, that would be really cool if you had eyes that were able to be that sensitive. But um, it's there, right? As we move up in the spectrum, as we come into, you know, the 1300s and the 1500s, those are the single mode um, wavelengths, and, and they're used for kind of local connections and distant um Again, we'll come to that in a second, but those ones you can't see, right? The the 850, the multimode, is right on the edge of our visible spectrum. So that's why we can get to see it there. Okay. So just very quickly, um, small detail. I know this is about light, but I wanted to introduce kind of the main terms that affect the ability to send um, a signal, right? The... Um, and and these are in terms that you already know these are things you're already familiar with right so the the main thing is is about attenuation it's about the amount of of loss that's in the system right the in the cable in the connectors in the all of the pieces that come together the the difference between what you you send and what you receive is is the attenuation it's the loss okay um and and literally I mean these this is a a picture of a pair of earplugs. Um those earplugs are there to attenuate sound. Yeah, so they've got like a, a, a twenty dB, twenty decibel reduction in the sound that's reaching your ears versus what's there without them. Yeah, that's the loss that's been introduced. Okay? Um and it's it's just about a noisy source being quieter when it's at the far end, right? If you're in a room, you're stood near to someone and they're talking to you and you walk away, then obviously the their voice is becoming, or the, the signal of their voice is becoming attenuated by the distance. Yeah? It, it's just getting quieter. Okay. And so so the you same get to thing, a point where you can't hear it anymore. The same
2: thing happens with fiber. It's exactly fiber.
1: the same in optical. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and distance okay. is a, a part of that as well. Okay, I I kind of
0: wanted to dig into that. I think a lot of us back to how we talked about you know CCNA and in earlier studies, we hear a lot about copper and and how attenuation and, and loss with the electrical signal. Yeah, how do we how do we have loss with light essentially in a vacuum?
1: Well, it, it's not in a vacuum, right? It's it's in a piece okay. of glass, and that glass has impurities in there. So okay. you know, it's even when it's as perfect as it's possible to be, you've got molecules in there that are going to cause some reflection. Some, you know, some, okay, something is in the path that's going to cause a little bit of light to reflect, to go in a different direction. And we're going to talk in a a second about how it gets along with fiber, but realistically it is just that it it is, you know, it's passing through there and there's a certain kind of, um, there's a amount that's getting lost every meter, every kilometer, right? And it's it's measurable. It's something that you plan for. It's part of the design, right? Point three dB per kilometer, or something like that. It's a, a small, tiny amount, but there is some, um, and it depends on the, you know, on the fiber. It depends on on a lot of things. It depends on you know how you're treating it. If you've been nice to it and, you know, treated it nicely and taken out for a meal and stuff, it, it'll it probably be nicer <laughs> to you and, you know, give you give you less less hassle. Um, if you if you mistreated it, then obviously it's going to be a world of pain for you. Um, what are we talking but, about? But again? Yeah, it's <laughs> about life, obviously, Lexi. What, what do you think well, we're talking about? You've got to wine and dine these things. That's why it's unpredictable. That's what
2: I was doing wrong the whole but, time. All right.
1: absolutely Um, but but no i mean obviously i I just it it, but but when we're installing these things if we're not paying attention to what we're doing we can increase the attenuation because light travels in straight lines right it that's a fact right you 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 turn on a flashlight it goes out the you know and, and projects onto something in the distance um light travels in straight lines if there's anything in between so other connectors for example even right at the very beginning right you're you're plugging a fiber onto the end of the laser there's some loss there because it's not a perfect connection we try but it's it's not perfect so there's there's some loss with every connector there's some loss with distance because of the the impurities in the in the glass there's some loss because it's not been installed great um yeah. And makes that's sense. It's a good start.
2: Okay.
1: okay. So the only other the other term is kind of the ref the 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 the, the, uh, the result of that, right? Receiver sensitivity. It's about the the measurement. So this is something that that gets spec out on the transceiver, right? The the on the optical electrical optical conversion thing that you plug into the router. Um, this is the thing that that literally part of the spec, it says I've got a sensitivity level of however many dB, right? I can transmit at this, I can receive down to this level. And it's just literally the point at which you can't hear anything anymore. Yeah. So if I start talking quieter, then obviously, you know, it gets harder to hear me. And if I talk quieter again, it, it becomes harder and harder, right? If I start whispering, I'm going to get to a point where it, the the message I'm sending just isn't getting through. And it's the same thing here, right? You, If you're in an environment where it's kind of loud and you plug in earplugs, then you've attenuated the sound being received by your brain. If I'm talking, you might hear it as a whisper. If I'm whispering, you're not going to have the first idea what I'm talking about. Yeah, what that message is about. Okay. Um, And I think, actually, I just uh, got ahead of myself one second. This is the same example, right? It's just kind of a worked example using sound where we say this, you know, anything less than 30 dB using a a sound meter, I don't know, Um, an audiometer, (laughs) Um, anything... These levels—they don't mean anything, right? Don't try and read anything in. It's just trying to make this, trying to make optical the same kind of idea as something that's already very familiar. So, so there's kind of this, um, you know, that, that a whisper measures at thirty decibels on a on a, a sound meter. Um, a conversation is about twice the, the volume, right? It's thirty to to sixty dB. Um, yeah, I'm going to shut up.
2: <laughs> no, that's great. I mean, a, a conversation so-
1: at 60 dB, it is something you can pick up on. So if we go back to those earplugs that had a rating of 32 dB, it's just maths. So it takes that 60 dB down to just about the same level as a whisper. It would take a whisper down to nothing. Yeah, so you, you kill the signal essentially by having too much and and not enough sensitivity.
2: So for podcast listeners, we're looking at a picture of like a sort of a scale of, you know, common things that cause noise. And we see like at the very top, the loudest is 80 dB, a kitchen blender. And at the bottom, we have 10 dB, an empty room with no people or running appliances in it. Right. So it's, it's this interesting scale that kind of helps you understand, I guess, like this is audio levels, but we're talking in terms of what, like, like light attenuation, right?
1: Yeah, we're we're talking about we're we're actually going to be talking about light, but that's measured in decibels as well, right? So it's it's the same idea. It's it's all analog, um, and so you know, as as things double in, I'm, I'm not going to go there. Sorry, shut up, Ian. Um, it it is. It, it's not. Don't the, the numbers don't mean anything, right? It's more just that reflection that if we have if we introduce a loss of you know, 32 decibels from the earplugs, then it's going to make a dishwasher quiet. Yeah. I mean, that's not rocket science to any of us, right? If we've got something in our ears, we can't hear as well. Um, And obviously there's a point where you can hear the whisper and there's a point where you can hear the noise of the whisper, but not actually what the words are, right? You can't, your brain can't reconstruct enough of that signal to be able to make out what that actual conversation was, that, that, that message was. And that's the point of. of um, the w- <laughs> I don't know. We see the sensitivity. Okay. Yeah, it's the point where you can't understand anything anymore. Okay. By the same token, it works the other way as well, right? If I start screaming into the microphone, it's going to clip. And so lots of, my, lots of the, the message isn't going to get processed anymore because it, it just can't, you, your brain can't handle it, right? If someone screams in your ear, you know that they're not happy, but you're not necessarily picking up on the entire message, okay? So that's about the extent of the, uh, this exciting detour. It was just to try and bring it back to something that, 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 we, that we're familiar with, right? That's, that's the idea. Stunned by the application of science, there I can tell.
2: <laughs> it's, it's very interesting. Um.
0: It's, I'll say, if you do uh, want to learn more about the the math behind it, it's uh, it's pretty heavy. I'm sure Lexi oh, yes. you remember in the, prepping for oh, the Enterprise yes, I Core do. exam is. You know the the plus oh. three, minus three, all that plus ten.
1: You see, it's not.
0: It, it took me a while. It took me a while to wrap thing. my head around it, that. You know, plus three is double, but yeah. plus ten it's is ten times. I'm, and yeah. then you start talking yeah. 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 logarithmic
2: it's the, scale. It's the, yeah, tell the,
1: the And that, that's exactly yeah. it. Yeah. There's right? a
2: reason because I didn't the, take it, calculus. Yeah. Um, no. No. Yeah,
1: and it's <laughs> all relative as well, right? That's the the where things come in. This is where the the dBm comes in because it, it's got a reference point of one milliwatt, right? So, so that everything then scales from there. The loss, the attenuation is measured in decibels, right? So it's, it's a ratio. It's the difference of input versus output. So so yeah, it all gets that's messy. That's enough
2: of that. But, but, we're we're talking basics. But that's today. about the extent of the no we're math. We're not going to worry about enough. it.
1: <laughs> there, there's a lot of physics. There's a lot of other stuff. But for day to day use of this, you don't need any of it, right? Um, I was working on these systems for twenty some years, and the amount of times that you actually use that information is so rare in operation. No thanks, encore. Right, because the the system's been designed to work in that space. Now, for Encore, obviously, it makes a difference, right? If you're thinking about 3 3d- dB being double, it also means it's half, right? So if you're no, receiving 3 dB nope. less light... No, stop. I'm going to you... cut it off. Nope, no, math. Okay. Shut up. no math. Okay, <laughs> No math. No math. We're is done. This only We're a done. space where okay, I get to make absolutely. a snarky
2: comment about Encore and we have to move on. That's it. <laughs> we'll
1: move, we'll move on. on. It's all good.
2: <laughs> We're talking about fiber today. Lowering
1: control. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely.
2: Hey everybody, Lexi here. Our friends over at NetAlly just announced the next-generation Etherscope NXG, the first and only analyzer of its kind that fully supports Wi-Fi 6 and 6E. This powerful all-in-one instrument can help you quickly test, verify, and troubleshoot technology upgrades, base t PoE, 10 Gig, and Wi-Fi 6 and 6E networks. So check it out. Go to netally.com slash etherscope to request a virtual demo.
1: So um, we left off
2: at attenuation, so yeah, just, right? And we're talking about receiver sensitivity. Yeah. So
1: now we're back on light again. Um And this is again; it's another, it's another kind of stupid graph. Its only purpose in life, really, is just to show kind of why the numbers that were picked were picked, right? So this is the loss of an optical fiber, and and what happens is there's a certain range that we can actually send light in. So remember that every color of the rainbow had a certain number associated with it. Visible light was was down here, right? It's it's below 0.7 uh, micrometers, as they've got it here, OK? Um, and the, the attenuation, the loss of the cable, um, is affected by the wavelength, right? The, I'll try again. The wavelength is impacted. Uh, I, I've even got this backwards. I'm sorry. The the light will travel down a fibre until a certain point when suddenly it won't pass light anymore, right? So once the wavelength gets to a certain level, the the loss just shoots back up again. So between kind of outside of this range, um, you know, of point seven micrometers, so seven hundred. can't even do the, the maths now, but it, it doesn't matter. We're, we're not going to worry about these things. Um, 700 nanometers to 1.7 nanometers. You can see there's a curve, right? And the idea is that we want to pick places where the, the loss is the minimum for you know, to be able to send a signal, right? And so what, what happens, these things in the middle, there's these things called OH absorption peak, which is water, Right. It's basically water molecules in the fiber will absorb those wavelengths, uh, particularly. I don't know why. I don't care. Right. That's that's somebody else's problem. That's why they figured these things out. Okay, And so the idea is that the closer that we've got into visible light, the, the cheaper the optic is. Okay, So when you look at here, kind of where's the cheapest place that it makes sense to to pick? Oh, just here before that peak. Yeah, so if we follow that down, that's 850 nanometers. Yeah, and then as we go along, we've got another peak. Oh, it's getting kind of low here. So let's have another one. So, you know, 1310 um nanometers is, is the next one. Like I said, that's this is multi-mode. We'll come back to multi-mode and single mode in a second, but multi-mode, the first single mode which you'll get is, you know, 10 kilometers. And then if we want to go any further, we want to get into this space up here. Right? So Somewhere in this nice, flat part of the spectrum, um, somewhere around about you know, 1500, to 1,600 nanometers, that's used a lot for, for long-haul transmission. Um, and then after that, things kind of go a bit wild and, and the, the attenuation shoots up again. So you know that's the entire spectrum that we've got to work with, the range of colors between those places. Okay? So, so yeah, again. 850 nanometers was chosen because it's the closest place that we've got to visible light. It's great for low cost. It used to just be an led that flashed on and off. Um, it, you know, now it's pretty much a laser. Um, but that's because of speed. Um, you know, not so much distances, but because it's got to react so fast. Um, 1310, slightly more expensive than that, but we can go further. Um, you know the the, the loss is twenty five percent less. We we're down at somewhere about you know point seven dB per kilometer or something like that versus you know just around two ish. Yeah, uh, and then fifteen fifty again, most expensive. The the lasers are really kind of precision at this point, but less loss again, so it can go further. We can naturally transmit more power into the fiber. Yeah, there's some physics stuff here as well. Doesn't make any difference to us. Okay, anyone who cares about that stuff can can put themselves mm-hmm. to sleep. Okay? And uh, that sounded bad. I probably shouldn't have used those terms. Um, we clearly haven't. <laughs> now I think
2: about it but I'm podcasts. good. <laughs> we say worse all the
1: time. <laughs> yeah, but fair enough. So yeah, when we're talking about how light goes along a fiber, we said light travels in straight lines, right? So literally if we look at like the uh, I've got a picture here of you know, this this thing we're going to call a fiber and a, a light source. From that light source, light's coming off in multiple directions, right? It's not a laser, obviously. It's just a light bulb. So light's coming off in, in all directions from there. And it's, it's coming into the core of the fiber, right? The fiber has two pieces to it. It has the cladding and it has the core. The core is that, that ultra-fine piece of glass that we're actually using to send it in. The cladding is kind of a plastic wrapping for it, if you like um and its purpose in life is is again it's a physics thing it's got um if you've ever again another kind of science thing that was done as as a kid is to to take a pencil and stick it into a glass a glass of water and you can see that the pencil actually bends as it hits the the water right it's um I can't even remember what the term for that is either. I now. thought that was refraction. Um, but, it's because of the refractive okay. index. Yeah, it's it's refraction. Absolutely, the refractive index of air is uh, is less than water, and so as a result, you'll see bending. With with the fibre, the core has a higher refra- refractive index than the cladding, and so light bends back into it. So literally, you have this case where any light that was coming in perfectly straight will kind of travel perfectly straight in a perfectly straight fiber. Yeah. Any light that's coming in a slight angle, it's going to be like drunks, you know, wandering down a corridor, right? They're going to bounce off the walls as they make their way along the corridor. And that's, you know, that's kind of a, a, an easy analogy to make. Um, except. No, it's true. I'm speaking from experience. Cool. There you go then. So, so now you know all there is to know about propagation of light in a fiber. Um, now, is
2: that what we want? That's all it do is. We, do right? we want? Because you have a picture here of a light bulb sending light through that fiber, and there's a few different colors, and only one of them is going the, straight. Yeah, the, the colors. The others are bouncing.
1: The colors. Yeah, here it looks messy. Sorry, the colors here. I'm just using to to identify the path that it's taking. Right, because the 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 one piece of math that actually matters is that the angle that it kind of hits that outside edge is going to match the angle that it reflects at.
2: Now, do we want that? Yeah, though? just like throwing like, a ball against the wall. What does this wall? mean for us well, with data? Right, like, what, do we want? Are, do are we using all of these colors? Do we want it to be refracting? Or are we just using the one part of the light, the one color that's going straight through? What? What does data
1: Yeah, you're using everything that gets into that fiber. Okay, so all of these. So this is where we get the concept of of what's called multi-mode and single-mode. Multi-mode means, hey, there's multiple ways of getting across this, right? There's multiple paths available to us to bounce off at these angles and get down the fiber. And you can see the problem, right? That if you're making a decision um, whether a light is on or off, at, you know, 10 billion times a second, then having different paths for the light to be able to travel is actually going to cause us a problem over time, right? Because, yeah, it's passing at the speed of light, give or take, because it's bouncing off the sides, yeah? But this, this corridor really is kind of narrow, um, so it's it's not that big a deal. But again, you're talking about 10 billion measurements every second, yeah. So if you've got multiple paths for that light to travel, then what's going to happen is you're going to end up with light on the, on the fast path in the middle, getting to the end faster than light that's on the worst one. So the, the the blue line in the middle, for example, bounces, you know, two and a half times or yeah, two and a half times. Whereas the green one bounces two and the red one bounces, you know, kind of one full cycle. Yeah. So we've got all these different ways the light's getting there. And obviously that that light is is representing that on and off state. Yeah. So if you've got enough distance between you and the bulb for the, for these signals to, to get messed up, then things are going to go bad. Yeah. It's, it's not, yeah, that makes sense. It's not that we're looking for a perfect on or off. We're looking for an on-ish and an off-ish. Yeah, there's a certain threshold that we'll accept as this is on um, because perfection is impossible. Um, but, yeah, having multiple ways means that you're going to get to a point where somewhere on that fiber you'll be getting light from the pulse before. Yeah, it just took that long to get there. Okay. Okay? Okay. So that's why multimode fiber is limited to about 300 meters. Yeah, we can't use more than that in a data center. And the reason is because it has multiple ways. And so to avoid any problems with a signal getting messed up, we just say, okay, then 300 meters, that's fine. That gives us the speed of light to, to travel. It doesn't actually travel at the speed of light, surprisingly, but you know, it, it's it's traveling so fast it's multi-mode, enough. multi-mode, basically, um, the
2: longer your you know the longer your cable is, the
1: yeah, the harder it's going to be to distinguish. Okay. The more what your light's your going is.
2: to get mixed up and you know bounce around yeah, too much absolutely. for it to be readable. Okay.
1: Yeah, and and that's, oh, i Oh, sorry. I go.
0: don't, don't want to get too far ahead because I'm I'm guessing you're getting to this next. But if that's the case, and and maybe I'm I'm misinterpreting, but it seems you know a little less efficient, then then why do we still have both multi-mode and single mode applications within environments? Cost. Is is it a cost? Absolutely. thing? Okay. Yeah.
1: That's that's the bottom okay. line. Um although even that's kind of changing, right? It but but yeah, for the the, the idea really in in a lot of data centers is of you know local use right if you're connecting one rack to another you don't have distance right it barely even registers that sure. there's a connection going at you know 200,000 kilometers a second or whatever it is um there's my, uh, my my indication of how much i care about the speed of light as well so You know, this is my subject, and the numbers there, you know, whatever, it's close enough. Two two thirds of the speed of light is is what it's passing through at. And that's plenty fast, right? We're not worried about it particularly. But to get from one to the other, it's a fairly cheap fiber, it's a fairly cheap optic. Um, We don't, it doesn't need to be precise. It's good enough. When we're trying to go further, so if you're in a data center or in a, you know, in a, somewhere like a, an Equinix facility where you've got some space in a rack and you're connecting to somebody else. Um, typically, you're going to use single mode at that point because it's going to go further than just your room. Yeah, that 300 meters is going to get broken fairly easily. And so as a result, yeah, we go to single mode. So when I say that it's it's generally multimode, that's true, right? It depends on how much um, how much you use it. Right, the, because it there's there's a point where the the calculation becomes something else. Right, it becomes a question of you know what's my what does sparing look like? If I've got to spare a whole bunch of multi mode and a whole bunch of single mode, then maybe it's worth the extra cost just to save that problem. Yeah, to to equip everything a single mode and, and we're done. It's all good. Okay. Yeah, we're not going to go with expensive optics even there. It's you know it's. It's enough to close two kilometers or something. That's perfect for inside a building. You know what kind of building are you going more than that? Um, when we get beyond that, obviously things get very different. Um, but again, okay. that's more something for another day.
0: Okay. So, so we have the we have the greater capabilities. We have the capabilities of greater distance with single mode. Does does that in turn mean we have? Uh, capabilities of of greater bandwidth with single mode than multi-mode?
1: You, yes, is the answer, but it's more because of the precision of the optics, right? Okay. As, as the speeds increase, there's a whole bunch of compromises that happen. Um, so probably touch on this again later, but it doesn't matter, right? Once you get to about 10 gigabits, we know how to do 10 gigabits. It's been around for a long time. It's fairly easy to achieve. Once you get beyond that, it starts becoming quite expensive because the the the, the little bits of copper on the you know on the the um, transceiver on the um, on the the optic itself they start acting as antennas because the the frequency is increasing so much, and so you get a lot of noise start being created and your signal gets all messed up. So you have to redesign how things look. And so what they actually do for, for multimode when we go into 40 gig, for example, is instead of having a 40 gig optic, we have four 10 gig optics okay. to keep things cheap. Yeah. And then you need four sets of fibers, which, you know, it, it's kind of messy. So it uses a different connector.
0: Um, but okay, I've never understood why that was the case. I, I've heard that once you get there, you just have four breakout cables, but I, I never really understood why. It's
1: just again, it's cost. It, it really is. Okay, trying to push the 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 higher the frequency that you're transmitting, the 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 more the problems of design. Right, the more expensive that transceiver becomes, and so as a result, if you want a cheap and cheerful, you just Okay, we'll just send it as four times something, you know, four times a rate that we know we can do cheaply. If you, you know, once you get beyond that, you know, you start having to look and say, okay, then so we now have to instead of paying, you know, uh, I don't know what the current price of a transceivers are, but for multi-mode it was, it was like three or four hundred dollars um, for for a hundred gig optic, and 6000 dollars for single mode, right? It, it's that kind of magnitude difference. So the cost of the fibers kind of trivial, but the cost of the electronics that you need is, is significant. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, that's about the excitement, really. Now, you know, everything there is to know, obviously the, the simple way to reduce choices is just to close down the size of this, this core. Yeah. If you reduce this in half, right? If, If our walls are down here, then obviously there's less ways for that light to come in, right? Less of it's going to get in to start with. You know, the, the outside ones aren't even going to hit it. And the ones in the middle, they've got fewer paths that they can actually take. And so what happens is this gets squeezed down until there's nothing left, basically. So this is kind of a, an example, right? This is that They are actually you know, completely relative to each other to give you that feel of, of what we're working with. Right. So with the old um multimode, you've got this great big green thing. So again, the, the blue bit is the cladding, so they all have the same kind of diameter as a fibre, but the thing that we're interested in, the bit in the middle, is where we actually send the signal. Okay, so with the old ones, which are typically plastic, um, yeah, this kind of big space and as a result you couldn't really go very far, right? It, it was very limited in, in what it could do. But again, the speeds we were talking about in the bad old days were 10 meg, hundred meg. Yeah. It wasn't that we were going wild with distances. And, and obviously the slower that you're sending the signal, the more tolerant your system's going to be, right? Because you're, you've got more time for that light to pass along before you're making a decision. Is that a one or is it a zero? If we're only transmitting at 10 megabits instead of, you know, 10,000, Megabits um, then it's obviously a lot easier to make that distinction okay so that's that's the logic the 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 newer um, optics at this point become you know just slightly smaller it's now glass they do some special things in this glass uh, called grading, which makes the the actual middle of it run slower. Yeah, it, it allows the traffic that's bouncing around the outsides to go faster. The further to the outside they are, the faster they'll go versus the middle. And so as a result, they all kind of join up in the you know at various points along the fiber. That's interesting. Okay. So I I'll admit I didn't know that. Uh, it's only as I'm, I was kind of reading that for this, trying to make some some. Um, some idea. There's a picture of it in the next slide, anyway, to to show what it looks like. But trying to get that idea in my head was a bit weird to understand that. But it, it's just how they've treated that that glass. They've put chemicals in there that that cause it to to be able to do this, right? It's it's all physics, and who cares? Yeah, that's for the physicists. <laughs> we're, we're engineers. We don't worry about how stuff also, works. This isn't this
0: is an organic fiber. This has been treated. It's, it's all been treated.
1: Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, doped, I think is the technical term. So they, they've been <laughs> drugged. Cool. Yeah. There so we go.
2: <laughs> Ian, could we, um, can we can yeah. we talk about like co- we've we've talked a lot about how you know fiber works and how data is transmitted and things like that and some of the inner workings of the math even. But can we talk about like myths about fiber that a lot of network engineers probably believe that maybe we need to clear up. Um. Yeah. For example, yeah, for example, I I <laughs> I have heard. I don't know for sure if this is a myth, right? But I've heard from several different network engineers over my time that it's dangerous and can blind you if you look into a an active like fiber link on the other end.
1: Right? And that's okay. true, ish, ish. Uh, true ish. Yeah. Everything has a grain of truth to it, right? That's the the reality because it, it's. Yeah, it, it, it's all based on something. So, so yeah, a laser can blind you. Okay. Absolutely, <laughs> no question whatsoever. However, the, the power levels that we're talking about for normal transmission, not really that much of a threat unless you're sticking it in your eye. Yeah, um, after about 30 centimetres or so, the light's been dispersed so much uh-huh. that it's not going to have any impact on you, right? So... If You put your head right up against a light source, it's no different than looking at a light bulb, right? If you, if for some reason you feel the fascination okay. of sticking your head inside <laughs> the lampshade, turning the light on, you're not, you, your eyes aren't going to appreciate <laughs> it, right? Um, and, and it's the same here now, obviously, like I said, with the multi mode because the light's already, you know, pretty spread out, it is just outside that visible light source, just on the visible light source, you can see it, right? So there is an indication. um, You can't, once it's passed through a fiber maybe, or not as clearly because obviously, um, you know, you've got the attenuation things of the fiber. But the, the reality is that, it's not going to cause you any problem. It's not a James Bond movie where it's going to slice you in half. So you're
2: saying if we Kay. if we put our um, head right up to the port, we might get blinded, <laughs> but if we put our eye right you, up, yeah, to I mean, cable what's going to m- Meters long. The, no, is that right?
1: the The power, the, the the optical power, actually generates heat. Okay, sure. Right. So, um, and it's the okay. same. With with the actual couplers, right? If you've got two optical fibers connected back to back, um, you're going to get heat generated in that little tiny space between the two ends, right? Not a lot of heat. It's not going to matter normally, right? But as the power increases, that becomes a problem, right? We can actually melt the fibers just because, the ends of the fiber, just because of the amount of power that we're pumping into there. Right. And, and again, taking it back to, to to sound, if someone's screaming into your eardrum, you, you're going to you're going to not appreciate <laughs> it. Right. <laughs> if they're doing it for long enough, it's going to damage your hearing. And it's the same with this. If you put enough light into your eye, you're going to pop the back of your eye. There's no question. But if you're doing that, then you've got other <laughs> problems, in fairness.
2: <laughs> OK, that is fair.
1: Um. So, so yeah, you you should always be cautious, right? Because we only, we don't want to take those chances. There's no reason to, Um, but once you've got some distance between you and the end of the fiber, it's not going to matter, right? All of the inspection equipment that's used to check the end of the fiber, if you use any, it's either digital. So it's, it's a video feed. So there's no way that you've got any chance of light getting through there. Or it's already so it, it bounces around inside the um the scope, uh around a whole bunch of mirrors. And so the distance between the end of the fibre and and your eye is already, you know, way beyond what it needs to be to be able to be safe. Oh, That's good to know. You know, again the reality. So mm-hmm. so yeah, I would never particularly worry about something like that. Um Something I did want to just before we jump on from this, because these these pictures don't do it justice, right? That you know, because this is awfully big when you consider these numbers at the bottom, right? That the sixty-two point five is talking about the diameter of the core, right? Fifty and nine. Right. The one twenty-five is, is micrometers, it's the, the diameter of the cladding, right? So obviously this is way, way, way scaled up. Okay. The smallest that the the human eye can see is forty microns. So this is a quarter of what you can actually so see. We're looking at a picture see. of
2: three different yeah four sort times of less than we are able to see fiber cables, right? Yeah, so, this
1: is a cross section so of the fiber. So we have
2: two two larger yeah, ones, right? And then we've got one with a teeny tiny little core in the middle. So th- and that one's single yeah. mode, right?
1: So so the, the the first two are both the the multi mode, right? Sixty two point five and fifty micrometers. Uh, Um, Micrometers? Yeah, uh, I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. Um, And then nine down at the the bottom here, right? If you, yeah, they're thousandths of a millimeter.
2: Okay, so very small even the big ones
1: The copy of paper, the the standard thickness of copy of paper is about 100 microns. So the, the actual width of the cable, of any of these, you know the cladding and the core is just slightly. Wow. It's kind of okay. letter-headed paper, right? That the thickness of a sheet wow. of letterhead is the thickness that we're talking about for the full thing. Okay, to if we were to 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 magnify that fiber for single mode to the same size as a grape, then the the, the core of the multi mode would be about the same size as a grapefruit. Right, a bagel, if you want, to some other food groups. If if we push, you know, if we we, we magnify more and take that single mode up to about the size of a, of a one cent coin, that one cent coin with the same magnification would be 12 stories high. Yeah, it's the, it's the Statue of Liberty, right? It's, it's the, the, the actual statue. That's 12 stories. That's the size that we're talking about, right? We, we've magnified this. To be one cent in size, and that one cent is now twelve stories. That's kind of puts things into concept into to context. Um, so that kind of comes to another thing that is a concern that it's dangerous to work with fiber because it's glass, and the reason for that is because a red blood cell is about the same size as as that core oh, fiber wow. of the single and so if you're mode? actually working a red blood cell yeah of wow. the single mode so so if you're actually working with the fiber if you're you know cutting into them you can't see that piece of glass it's too small for you to actually be able to see but it's plenty big enough to get into your bloodstream right it's going to pass through your finger pretty much without problem So a splinter here is now a piece of glass Mm. that's running around your internal body. And, you know, obviously blood has a tendency to circulate around the heart and the brain and all the rest of it. So there is a risk, but it's a risk for someone that's doing something with the fiber, right? They're they're working with the fiber. Um, They've broken it open. Yeah, normal working with the fiber, it's not going to hurt you. It can't. There's no so way. Like a to. data
2: center technician plugging things in, yeah, yeah. bundling it, 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 fire. You know, they're not it, really in any danger from something like yeah.
1: that. Yeah. Oh, it, you have a you have one. Can't see that. That's an absolute that's an absolute waste of time. Um, so small. So yeah, I mean, when you're just wandering around plugging yeah. these things in, the the end of the fiber, and obviously I probably can't get that in focus, but it's there, you can't see the fibre. In the middle of there, there's like a little, um, you know, th- this thing here, which is where the fiber lives. But inside the middle of there, there's a little dimple. And inside the middle of that dimple is, is the core and the cladding. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's, it's not something that you can actually see. Um, so it's all good. Um, so... So yeah. Um, so
2: we've talked about dangers of fiber. What other myths exist about fiber? Okay. Those were the two that I Ooh, knew. Oh, I got <laughs> one. Right I got one. That was how scary. Well, the other it's one It's glass.
1: You better Go not on. bend it. Glass. Absolutely. It's a terrible thing, right? Because <laughs> we know if you if you not if you you hit a if you drop a, an actual glass or break a window, and hit a r- window with a brick, it's going to break, right? So just as a an example, somewhere here. Oh, my God, it was here. I promise there it is. So we, uh, what I've got here is a visible light source, right? It's, li- it's literally nothing more than a laser pointer. You can see the the red indicator there. Nothing amazing. OK, so all we do, we plug this into a fiber. This is used for troubleshooting fiber because obviously normally you can't see light because it's outside of that visible space. But there you go. I mean, that's the excitement. That's the light passing down. Okay, so you plug that
2: into the okay. one end of the fiber, and then you hold it up, and you can see the light come out the other end. And that is
1: what's that tool? Yeah, and, and this will pass. This is a visible fiber, visible light source, a vi- visual. Okay, fault so locator, it's, it's used VFL. for VFL.
2: You know, locating faults in fiber by shooting what like a visible light through yeah. it, so you can see if there's a fault in the fiber. Is that what that's for? Yeah,
1: it, it's it's no different than using like a toner okay. on a on an electrical cable, right? You put something that's generating noise on one side or an electrical signal on one side, and you can pick it up on the other. You obviously can't see it because it's electrical. We have the advantage with, with optics that, Hey, it's light. Yay. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I mean, this is used mostly for for troubleshooting fibers obviously but also for being able to find where it goes to right if you've got a patch panel with a thousand cables in it the last thing you want to do is to start tracing every single one so you find the one end where you're interested in and look for the end that's glowing right that's the good indication as to where it comes out so that's the excitement but what it allows us to do is to actually demonstrate kind of what happens because Light travels in straight lines, as we were just talking about. And so if we put a loop in there, you can see there's not really all that much excitement happening. The light's still passing around. It's still quite happy. As we make this loop smaller, what you'll see is it starts to glow red. Um, It is a little bit red. Um, You can't really pick it up. Come on, at some point here, I promise. Yeah, so
2: it it is, I promise
1: you can start to see it there. Uh, yeah. and now because it's adjusted color, we can see that there is a, a red, a very red tinge to it. The more that that gets pulled, the more light is escaping because that's all that's happening, right? The lights bouncing along quite happily. The light we can see is the stuff that it can't get bounced back into the fiber. So this is all loss. Okay. This happens a lot inside data centers. Right? Because it's just a cable, so it doesn't matter if we stick a bend in it, right? But it's glass. It breaks. But as you can see, it's gone, right? It's it's We popped it out. We didn't pull it far enough for it to so you break. you bent
2: it quite okay. a ways to so a really, another example. just to summarize for our podcast listeners, you bent this in a loop so quite a ways down to be very small. And we did see the light escaping at the end, sort of at the top of that loop, but you straightened it back out just now, and everything is normal. N- nothing seems wrong. Yeah. Right?
1: So so here's a fiber that is um, what you call uh, <laughs> broken. Um, it's a very technical term. I'm sure just your listeners glowing, are familiar with in one the, spot. Uh, okay. the term. And, and if we look at the end, okay. there is no light passing through it, right? This is glass, so what we can do is just to kind of prove the point, we can pick a point, you know, and go through that same exercise again, right? So we, we're we just going to stick a, a, a loop in here. We can keep pulling and keep pulling. And I wouldn't recommend doing this in production particularly. <laughs> and it still bounces back. So you right? can bend it's it quite still, a ways it's, without it's, it actually breaking. You can bend it quite a way. But if you look, uh, I don't know if you can actually see it there. Oh, a little bit, yeah. Somewhere. It it doesn't oh. take nearly as much, okay, to actually have we light escaping. It. Okay. So we've okay. damaged it, yeah. So the the attenuation of this cable is now higher than it was, but it is still it would still pass light if it wasn't for that small break further down. If we go really crazy, and this happens a lot when people are pulling a cable because it'll just get snagged on something. That's now oh I didn't quite get it, but I've made it a lot worse, right? If I actually. Tread on it. Yeah, we, we're pretty much yeah. done at that point. Yeah, there, there's no way I would trust that in production because it's quite easy to get a 90-degree bend, and now we're losing a good chunk of light through that. Interesting. Okay? Obviously, we can't normally see this, right? We can only see this because of the visible light source. So that's why it becomes kind of a good practice to treat Do this nicely.
2: Do you know nicely. if, right? our to these tools, these visible light sources common in data centers for technicians to use?
1: Yeah, they, they would normally be in a in a standard toolkit because they're like twenty, thirty dollars. Okay. They're not it's an LED light, right? There's nothing amazing about them and the amount of time it saves when for patch panels, right? Not not for playing like this, but but if you are stood in front of your equipment and you say, okay then port number five, I can plug it in there and you want to go find out where it comes out of the other end, you plug that in and you just go hunting for where can I see the glow? Yeah. Now it's nice and easy to find. And it's all good. So, so, so yeah, they're, they're good. Um, this'll go, I don't know, 10 kilometers, something like that. So it's intended for, for kind of, um, you know, fiber to the home kind of applications so that people working out in the street can, Do the same thing, right? Because, again, we can't tell whether the fiber's good or not um, to get more accurate visibility into the fiber. There is expensive test equipment we can buy, but, you know, for the sake of an LED and a battery, this works pretty well in a lot of cases. So, But, but yeah, it, it makes it visible. But one thing that you saw is it wasn't that fragile, right? We had to go out of our way. To get it to the point where it actually so that's kind of our a myth,
2: right? Is that glass? Um, I think a lot of people might have the impression because it's glass, you cannot yeah, bend yeah. it really at all or much. Right. But what you just showed us shows yeah. that you can bend it quite a bit. You probably don't want to yeah. do that, but <laughs> if it does, you bend, don't want it's, to do it. But okay, if it happens, probably right.
1: And it's droppable. It's all good. <laughs> It'll bounce, right? It's covered in plastic. It's it's not fragile. And the other thing is that inside that that outer um plastic sheathing there's uh kevlar strands ah. so you can't break it by stretching okay. it right the 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 kevlar gives it that 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 strength so you can you can wow. pull it quite easily dragging it across the data <laughs> center or whatever as long as you're not doing stupid things like you know tying it up into something <laughs> so that you can drag it and you know introducing a knot or something where you've just broken the very thing you're trying to run in. So they're not fragile um, is, is basically the bottom line, but you want to be careful, right? The the ends are really the fragile piece of all of this, which is why you want to keep dust caps on.
2: Uh, okay. Yeah,
1: it, it's good from an, an optical safety point of view, because obviously if you've got a great big piece of plastic on the end, it doesn't matter how close you get your eyes to the port. It's not coming <laughs> through that plastic. Um, But more importantly, it's protecting that that delicate little thing in the middle of all of this, which matters, right? A a grain of dust is bigger than the core of the fiber. If you put a fingerprint on the end of a cable, it looks horrendous when you actually look at it through a microscope, right? The the grease and stuff from your fingerprint is so, it has such an, an impact here that it, yeah, you, you want to be kind of careful with the ends and clean them and, and all the rest of it. But, you know, if you're not getting them dirty to start with, then that's the best okay, way. Cool. Don't drag them <laughs> on the floor.
2: So <laughs> I, you can be a little rough with it, but not too rough is what we're learning, right? It's, it's yeah, not yeah, that dangerous, much. but that's, be careful is what we're learning, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> it, it's not dangerous right it just be careful yes it can blind you <laughs> if
2: you try hard <laughs> but right, you've got to be stupid
1: go. yes yes you can get it into your bloodstream <laughs> but you've got to work at it you know okay that so, makes me feel better yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. as someone who never works I, if with you, fiber without- ever it makes me feel better <laughs>
1: Yeah, you can probably hang yourself with it, right? It's Kevlar, so it's all nice and simple. <laughs> if you're looking for, for ways to, to, to hurt, but no. <laughs> no, I, dear listeners, do not I would not, not do recommend this. any do not do of these that. actions. <laughs> Don't try this at home or at work.
2: Okay, well, um, we're, cl- we're close to wrap-up time, Ian, but is there anything else that like, maybe we didn't address that you think is interesting or is something we should know about the basics of fiber optic networking?
1: Something you should know. Um, yeah, I mean, really, there's not that much, right? So, I'm just going to very quickly fly through the the rest of these because I know we're out of time, and it's all good. I'm sorry, I just <laughs> ramble on too much, educational and you end up rambles, with this, uh, this yep, nonsense. We're getting but, something out of it. Sure, uh, I I warned <laughs> you, right? the <laughs> The reality, right, is. When we come to, to, to what the connections are and how they work in a data center, there isn't a difference between single mode and multimode for how we work with them, right? It's the capabilities of what they're able to pro- provide us. But, you know, the connectors are going to be different potentially. But as you can see here, these blue, the blue ones we've got, they're multimode. These yellow ones are single mode. They look exactly the same. They work exactly the same. They plug into the same transceivers. But you can't mix them up, right? You can't plug a multi mode into a single mode because the difference in size. Okay. Right? That that mismatch there. Makes Are single such a mode big always yellow and multi um,
2: mode always blue colored cables? Um, no, yeah, that would, would be, be
1: nice, wouldn't it? In the bad old days, yes, that was true. That the, the, the multi-mode was always orange, the single ah. mode was yellow, and nice and simple. But then people started getting imaginative and saying oh you can have turquoise fibers <laughs> for your voice and you know fluorescent indigo for your data and you know and things kind of got crazy and then different types of, of of optic as well so multimode has you know on 2 on 3 on 4 on 5 um those each of those different types of fiber have different colors different properties so there's nothing exciting about them that's kind of the the bottom line that you know when we're using them it it all looks the same but we can't mix them up um this was just flying through just you know they're talking about the breakout cables that you mentioned there very quickly um tim th- this is um, a, an mpo a multi-port optical cable in this case um it's got you know there's there's um there's fibers that run through it and it lines up on you know on, on each connector on each end and and this is what i'm talking about with density right you cannot possibly get an ethernet cable that is this small to carry in this case we've got four pairs eight fibers inside that one cable so the equivalent of four ethernet cables just in something that's the same size as a normal uh, optical cable yeah that it doesn't it, it can't be done there physically isn't enough space so um yeah these were were all so much more that was just kind of a very quick um how it works with single mode and stuff but we can live without I, that it was all I good. do I, I have a couple questions um, <laughs> so we we've used
0: sure. both of the uh the words that i'm I'm gonna bring up here in a second in this show and I've also them outside of this show as well and i'm I'm trying to figure out if they're different things or if they're interchangeable so when when we're talking about the actual okay. piece of equipment that sends and receives the light i've heard optics and i've heard transceivers are, are those interchangeable or are they different
1: things
2: good question um
1: <laughs> there's a whole bunch of words right right, right uh, you've right. got sfp xfps um which are talking about the specific type, right? A trend all a transceiver is, is—is is it's making a change, right? It, it's it's taking an input and putting it out as something else, right? It, it's translating the input, right? It's transceiver—it's translating what it's receiving into something else. Transceiver, okay. So, so yeah, I mean, maybe that's me being a bad person um, because. It, it, it would normally be used as a piece of um, as a piece of equipment. It would be a card that's converting from those wavelengths that we use, so the the eight fifty or the thirteen ten that we use inside the data center, to a very very specific color of light that we use, you know, to leave the data center in something like a, a transmission system, right? Where instead of you know one cut one color of light on that fiber we're putting you know hundreds or hundreds but 120 100 and i don't know 60 whatever the, the magic number is at the moment so because each one each each color going back to that prism again can pass into that white light and be treated independently as long as you've got the ability so um sorry i know that we're done but um <laughs> let's share uh, I've, there's already a picture for it. So there's no point in trying to pretend. Um, otherwise, uh, slideshow, we're not doing it from the, from the beginning, um, from current. So, um, so this is the idea, right? That this is a, a single mode, um, but this is, this helps to, to build things out with the multi-mode. Like I said, you had four independent lasers, uh, wherever it is. And, um, uh, I don't have it, uh, but it's fine. You've got four independent lasers providing a transmit and receive on, on the four independent pairs of fiber that you've got inside this connector. So it's all straightforward. They're all just 10 gigs. We're, when we get to single mode, because we can only have a single fiber, um, because we're going distance, right, That's the you can't have four pairs of fibers. It, it doesn't make commercial sense at that point to have four separate pairs um, over two kilometers, right? It, it makes a lot more sense to buy a more expensive um, optic um, and use a single fiber pair, okay? So literally what happens there is we get four different colors generated by the transceiver, a blue, a, by the, the optic, uh, by the, yeah, um, by the optic, by the SFP. Um, so it's it's injecting those four different colors in the same way. We we multiplex it, we demultiplex it on the receiver and break it back into those Individual colours, and when we look at the fibre, if we actually measure on there with a you know a special um, light, um, you know frequency sensitive measurement, its uh, um, <laughs> name's failed me. I'm sorry, it's it's a bit late now, but um, but but yeah, when we're looking at there, what we're going to see is those four separate colours, right? It's able to measure light at all those frequencies, um, even though it's all one fibre. Yeah, and so yeah, the transceiver is basically to take one a color in, so a thirteen ten, for example, and convert it into something else, into fifteen fifty two point seven or whatever it might be. Um, an optic is is an is an optic. It's it's an optical interface. Um, but like I said, we've got SFPs which are small form pluggable, XFPs which is a ten gig version. There's um, I don't know, SFP pluses, which are for the, you know, okay. they're, it, they're all just terms. Um, it just depends on, on what vendor, what time, what interface it looks like. Um, so, yeah, sorry, not a, a long right, answer, f- but not a good one. It's
2: very interesting, I got to say. What,
0: Ian, what sort of magnetic material is on fiber optic cables that attracts large construction equipment with sharp blades?
1: <laughs> oh, now that is a very scientific question. Um, oh, okay, got it's got called it. Murphy's law. Obviously, I mean that's um, it, no, it's a it's a huge problem, right? It's um, in a data center, fiber's safe. It doesn't have any natural predators apart from clumsy technicians. <laughs> Are you
2: sure? I've um, heard of and, sharks you know, chewing on cables in the sea.
1: <laughs> sharks typically don't do that inside <laughs> a data center, though. That's fair. And you know, and it's very specific cables. Normally, they're underwater, Lexi. I mean, I, I think <laughs> that should be a clue. Um, <laughs> and I apologise that was uh, that was uncalled for on my part to draw draw attention. But um, but yeah, Google had a, had a, a suite of problems with sharks. Yeah, over. Um, uh... But uh, but no, I mean, fish. You know, fishing is a problem for for undersea cables, right? It's it, because they're dragging an anchor. They're suddenly coming across something on the seabed. A cable that stretches across, and you know, surprisingly, a, a motorized uh, fishing boat with a big sharp anchor—it it it does battle against these cables. You know, they're they're well armored, they're well protected. Um, same with the the construction equipment, as you were saying, Tim. It because they're in so many places, uh, typically running along the side of a road, or you know, it it's it's quite common that. Um, that someone is is gonna run into them. Um, they, they're, they're also, you know, wrapped around the overhead power cables in a lot of cases. That's uh, another way they, they they get from one place to another. It's a lot easier than digging the street up to bury them. You you know, you string them up on the overhead power lines. But they're they're susceptible to um you know to things like wind, right? It, because they're moving, you've got that same problem that you have when somebody's bending it or you know the the, the the characteristics of the fibre change, um, so you get all sorts of new problems. Then, and you know, anyone running into those power cable, into that power line, cars have an awful tendency to to run into um, into power posts.
2: Unfortunate anyway, and
1: tragic. Um, yeah. What what the actual answer is? <laughs> yeah, it's Sod's Law, Murphy's Law. If it's going to happen, it'll happen. There's no two ways awesome. about it.
2: Well, thank you so much for, for educating us today, Ian. This was really <laughs> awesome. Um,
0: I love that caveat. If, yeah.
2: You know, if yeah. you want to be found, where can people find you? And I know that sounded incredibly creepy, <laughs> but where, where can people find you?
1: <laughs> I'm always hiding <laughs> under my desk.
2: Other than at your desk,
1: <laughs> fearing the day that someone will notice.
2: Do you want to share your um, Twitter? Do you have a Twitter? You know,
1: I've been in. Yeah, so it's yeah. just uh, at Network Doozer or something. Um, yeah. That shows you how much I care. You're, right? I'm a. You're active I'm an influencer, on Twitter, I know. I wasn't going to you, but you're
2: active on Twitter. Okay, so Network Doozer on Twitter. Anywhere else you want us to Network um, Doozer, Yeah, find you at on the internet. Uh not okay.
1: really. I I'm not I, I'm not particularly well socially um That's connected, I guess totally is the fine. technical term. I'm an old guy. No one Whatever. needs to talk to me.
2: <laughs> we we just spent an hour and a half exactly. talking to you. <laughs> so obviously. <laughs> no, thank you. But you're I biased. That's in fairness. That's true. You're one of my favorite people. Thank you so much for being on the show, Ian. Thank you for educating <laughs> right. us. Optics are so interesting. You're
1: welcome. Yeah, thank course. you for the invite. Hopefully it was <laughs> Absolutely.
2: Um, is there any way we could maybe get a copy of the slideshow that you had for us today and, and yeah, of course. maybe post on the website or something for people to take a look yeah. at, yeah. you know, before, after, during their, you know, if they want to listen to podcast.
1: Yeah, again, this will it's also not, be a
2: YouTube video, but it's you know, not amazing,
1: yeah. but Hey. It was just really. We have some very helpful so. visuals. Thank so yeah, you. I'll send that out okay, to you.
2: Awesome. Well, um, thank you also to my awesome co-host, Tim Bertino. Thank you for joining us as well, Tim. <laughs> and thank you to our awesome Patreons that joined us live today for our episode recording. Um, if you want to be really cool like them and hang out with us before, during, and after our live episode recordings, you can visit patreon.com/slash and sign up to be a Patreon. Um, as a special perk of being one of our Patreons, you also get access to our Super Happy Fun Times channel and our Discord. It's all about the journey, as well as updates about our schedule and future episodes before everyone else gets them. So thank you all for joining us, and we'll see you next time on The Art of Network Engineering. y'all this is Lexi if you vibe with what you heard us talking about today we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast in your favorite podcatcher also go ahead and hit that bell icon to make sure you're notified of all our future episodes right when they come out if you want to hear what we're talking about when we're not on the podcast you can totally follow us on twitter and instagram at art of Net Eng. that's art of n-e-t-e-n-g You can also find a bunch more info about us and the podcast at artofnetworkengineering.com. Thanks for listening.